Bull releases Moana Mataeli. Slips away from Evans, got too close to that. Oh, Hello and welcome to our um, our fourth episode of the Counter Rugby Podcast, where we discuss all things rugby. Uh, I'm the host of the Counter Ruck, Stacey, and today we have an outstanding panel of uh, hardcore rugby fans. So let me introduce everyone. Uh, firstly, we have from um, Wendy Wellington, our resident loose forward. Dance, dance. Thanks for jumping on us. Salafalava, everybody. Nice brother. Uh, secondly, we have uh, from West Auckland and a diehard Blues fan, uh, Cameron Camps. Thanks for coming on, brother. How you all doing? Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, sounds like the beers are flowing in your direction. <laughs> um, and last but not least, we have a, a first-time contributor to the Counter Ruck and uh, a Papakura Rugby Award. Uh, Sally, Sally, thanks for coming on, brother. No, thank you for having us, also. Uh, yeah, Salo for everyone. Nice, brother. All right, boys. Um, yeah, we'll just start getting straight into it. Um, we had a few things happen in the, the world of rugby over the week that I wanted to go through before we get into our normal reviews and stuff. Um, so earlier this week, uh, Dean Lonigan and Duco have come forward with an interesting idea of, of a hybrid rugby match, a rugby and league match between the All Blacks and the Kangaroos, which is the, uh, the National Rugby League team uh, in Australia. And now these types of ideas have been, you know, bandied around before and All Blacks normally scoff at them. But with the COVID pandemic creating, you know, financial issues for the New Zealand Rugby Union, they're now open to the idea of the cross-code match. So interesting times ahead with that. Um, the second thing which I wanted to talk about which happened in the week is the um, the North Island versus South Island All Black trial. And that's going to be pay, played on the 29th of August. So the selection criteria has been revealed. And it will be based on which province a player made their first class debut for. So again, another new interesting concept. But uh, I wanted to look at the ABs versus the Kangaroos match first. Uh, just get a counteract perspective on that. So Dan, I'll come to you first, brother. What, what's yep. your initial thoughts on the idea? Uh, when I first heard of it, I thought, uh, rubbish, rubbish. <laughs> to be honest, day, I was like, what the hell? But you know, due to the um, financial side of things, because uh, of the COVID, uh, maybe maybe it'll work out. But at the end, I think it will be. Um, will, will 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 they play their best players? Will, will you um, you know sacrifice your your guys getting hurt? Um, you know um, your best players, like you know, if we put Bodie in there, or would we play our play our second kind of B team? Um, and would it would it be a serious game? And how would the rules, you know, come come out? Because they're talking about a fourteen man hybrid kind of rules with the rules. Um, those are the only things I, I see why it probably won't be as interesting as, as it sounds, if you know what I mean. Um, but for the purpose of um, financial, yeah, why not? And, and it'll probably um, help out both codes uh, definitely. But that, that's what I see, like. I, I honestly think it won't be a serious game and it will just be like, uh, I don't know, what do you call those matches? Um, you know, it'll be like um, like a Pro Bowl, like a NFL Pro Bowl. You know, they, they all come together and at the end of the day, they don't want to hurt, hurt each other, man, and they're just there for fun. So, yeah, I guess, I guess it'll be good in some ways, but for me, nah, not really, eh? Rubbish. <laughs> nice, nice. What, how about you, Salia? What's your take on that game? As a, I know you're still involved with rugby, so what's your take on the ABs versus Kangaroos as a potential match? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty much on the same boat. Like, um, I just don't see what the upside is there for the All Blacks. Like, um, yeah, like what the the bro said. Like, 
do they do they put their best players at risk and and what time of the year are they looking to play are they playing straight after super rugby or after ITM or it depends where they're going to find their uh, find that um space in their calendar it's already jam packed and now that we've had covid like it just seems like um yeah it seems like it's just a desperate measure, measure for both parties to try and make up some sort of that financial loss but yeah for me personally I'd, like no one watches league like in all honesty like um no one watches league as much as they watch union um nowadays just i think uh, what we've seen lately with like no crowd attendance there's um there's hardly people that are showing interest in league, league, especially from our end, especially with the Warriors doing not as strong. I know when the Warriors are strong, then the the NZ community, you know, rally behind them and everyone gets behind them. But yeah, right now, I, I think no one would want to see the Kangaroos and the All Blacks. But entertaining the idea would be pretty good, I guess. You know, I, I just have to say, like, um, I agree with uh, I agree with Danny and um. And Sally about this, but I, I saw the headline, but I didn't read into it. Mm. So I've got like some questions, like what is the hybrid version of the game? But for me, thinking about it, my initial thoughts was I would rather see the Wallabies play the an NRL hybrid team. I, I reckon that'd be a better game to watch. The Wallabies haven't been that good in the last two, three years, and so you know they have got stars in the NRL. So it'll be good to see some skillful NRL players playing the game of rugby. Give the Wallabies a good run. I'd much rather see that. Them hurt each other, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Can yeah, I just yeah, add I in? I think the Wallabies have got no money as well, so it might be good to get them on board. Sully, Sully, you yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, it all depends on, like, because um, I can see our uh, union forwards play similar roles that the league play, but um, how would you guys see it the other way around? Like, you know, hitting the rucks, cleaning out, line out, scrum. What do you... What would you guys, who do you reckon you guys would, what players do you reckon you guys would see would make that transition easy? To be honest, I reckon it would be a shambles, eh? Yeah, because yeah. if you're a rugby league player, yeah. you can't have like a, you know, like a, a few months to practice. Yeah, that's true. You know, practice, you need, mm. you need to actually play the game of rugby, you know. So I think, mm. I think the NRL boys will struggle if the hybrid version of the game is more more rugby union. But it will be interesting to see what the, how, how they're going to play this game. Yeah, all, all they've said is, like Dan's touched on, it's going to be 14 aside. So one guy's going to have to drop down. But I think, like you have all raised good points about the rules because, this, you know, rugby union is quite more specialised, and particularly the set piece. Like, you couldn't have a proper rugby scrum because they could get seriously injured and break your neck or something. You don't know what you're doing. And, you know, that's not really a big part of, of the league game. So I do think if they go the hybrid way, It'll probably be more closer to league than it is to union, just for the, the safety aspect at least. Yep. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, uh, I've heard also that Meninga, the coach of the Kangaroos, has had some initial talks with uh, Foster, the All Blacks coach. So I'm not sure if it's going to go ahead, but it's. I thought it was interesting. So, you know, interesting times ahead. And you're right, it's the money. You guys have touched on the, the financial situation. So Wales was supposed to come in, and tour here in New Zealand for three tests uh, during the June series, and that's obviously been cancelled. And, you know, the way the um, World Rugby operates in terms of the finances, that the home team gets all the gates. So that would have been a significant, you know, cash windfall for the uh, New Zealand Rugby Union, and they're basically not going to get any of that money. So that's why they're at least prepared to entertain this idea. And Duco with Dean Lonigan, they think they can get $15 million. That's their projected revenue. So... If they split it half half, you know that's what seven and a half million dollars for New Zealand rugby. That, that's why they're that's the real reason why they're uh, at least entertaining the idea. I know. Appreciate your guys' thoughts uh, on that. Hey, you guys have one, got one any thing. last minute? Yeah, yeah. Um, I reckon like um, maybe if if they were to really think about it, make it a bit more entertaining, is probably put like um, have like little competitions before a, a charity match will be like um. To have your best, so your best props against our best props, and they have like hundred meter sprints. Same with like outside backs, or just different kind of activities like that. Um, it'll, it'll, it'll bring a bit more entertainment for families and and stuff like that. That, that could probably work in, in their favour, and then and maybe have a charity match with that fourteen aside. But that that could be something 
you know, because it'll be interesting because I would want to watch that. Mm. I would want to watch their their second row take on our Lucy's, um, their their first five take on our, you know, you know what I mean? Just in that competition, that kind of kind of sense. Mm. You know, I just thought about that um, game they the Blues played during practice. You know, before the Super Rugby started. Remember that indoor rugby game they played in the UK? What 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 was that called? Like nine or side or ten or side or something? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. What, what was that? I, I, um, I forgot what that oh. game was, but yeah, the, yeah, that was a weird one. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird one. Yeah, so it'll be something yeah, so along. Yeah, I think it's sort of like that. Eh? Yeah, yeah, sorry, it'll be something along the lines of like um, like what the NFL and the NBA have, eh? like an All Star Weekend, mm-hmm. have those little games before the main event. Yeah. So yeah, that would probably be good because mm-hmm. if you make that a proper event, like a weekend event. Um, they could, yeah. There's possible um, opportunity there for like more revenue rather than the 15 million instead of for the game day. You've got like a weekend experience, you know, and then that way, uh, crowd as well as um, sort of fans can get more of an interaction and experience as well with their favorite players. So that might be something that might be on the card to to make it uh, make it just the one instead of the one game, make it like a weekend experience. That would I reckon that would probably mm. work out pretty good. Yep, good work, boys. And lots of interesting thoughts there, but I, I agree with you, Dan. If they somehow manage to pull this off, and I, I actually at this point think it's not going to come through because it's too cheesy, but I would definitely watch. <laughs> you have to watch it. <laughs> Just for the curiosity factor. Yep. Curiosity mm. factor, you've got to at least get. Yep. All right, boys. Um, another thing which we talked about earlier, which I wanted to touch on, get a bit more in depth on, is the potential All Black trial. So North Island versus South Island. Um, yeah, so they've changed, they've released the eligibility. So it's the the first uh, where you played your first class match. Uh, what province you played for is how they're going to determine which uh, which island you represent. So yeah, Dan, I'll, I'll come to you. Some what, what's your initial take on that, that game, North versus South Troll? Oh yeah, uh, I reckon I reckon it's good that they brought that back, eh? But I'm a biased um, as a biased North Islander man. I reckon we are stacked, man. <laughs> we are stacked with talent, and um, and I was thinking about it, and I was thinking about the um eligibility, and I was thinking, far, why don't they make it something like um, if if a player had played in two provinces, and they're eligible to play for either if they didn't get picked, say say for instance like um Ray, you know Ray played for Harbour, and then he went down to Tasman. And say he doesn't get picked for North North Island, and he was eligible to play for um, South, you know. And it would just make things interesting with with selection. Um, that's that's probably what I see. I, I honestly think that the North Island is stacked because we got we got the Lions, you got the Chiefs, um, you got the Hurricanes, Blues, and up in Northland, man. It, compared to down there, I'm not. I am a being biased, but. That's personally what I think, man. <laughs> that that we're, we're our team stacked, and just to make things make things a bit more interesting by, uh, for selection, is probably having that. Um, you know, you, you you're eligible to play for either um, province that you've um, played. Yep, nice. Sally, uh, what's your thoughts on the game, North Island versus South Island troll? Yeah, yeah, I'll, oh, man, I'm a massive fan of it. Um, most of these players, like, you know, they hardly, or especially the ones that are eligible for All Blacks, hardly ever get to represent their ITM level or provincial level clubs. So, I mean, it'll be good to give back to their communities and to their clubs in that way. Um, yeah, or, or, yeah, again, it'll all come down to, like, um, yeah, whether the best players will actually get picked and will actually be allowed to play because I think that would probably be the main drawing card to it because I think we've all experienced those possibility, uh, possibly probable games and the main guys yep. that you kind of want to see are never really the ones in the squad mm-hmm. um, so man if to make it like a proper origin spectacle that would be mean eh, just to get all the best players all put on like, pull on the trees I know some will be conflicted because you know it's whether they play their first class match but in saying that most of the guys that go down to Highlanders or Crusaders, man, like they're pretty much stalwarts of their, their clubs now. So I reckon it'll be pretty interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah but I'm, I'm a big fan of this idea. Um, I think NZRFU has a lot to catch up on in terms of the entertainment, entertainment factor of the game of rugby in our, in, our, yeah. in our country. I say that comparing it to NRL and how they, how they have their, their competition and, they have, and um, even the United States. So I think 
we saw the COVID lockdown just change the way rugby is organized around the world. And I think it's come at a good time because now we've had to rethink how to change our game to, to cater to the fans. So I think bringing back the North versus South is a good idea. Um, in terms of the eligibility, I think that they probably decided on the eligibility um, on the amount of players or player catchment with the North and South, between the North and South Islands. If you think of the state of origin, you're part of Queensland or North New South Wales, it's determined what, what club you first played for. If there was a bigger catchment in, in New South Wales, you'd probably get like a, an even amount of um, uh, players for selection, but they seem to not have a problem with that in, in Australia. But if you think of North Island and South Island, Maybe they were just afraid to um, get an uneven amount of um, player selection there. Because if you think of like um, Braden Inno, his first province was, was Canary, but he's from Auckland. If you were yep. to say club rugby, he would, he would play for the North Island. So I think mm. it's not only Braden Inno, I think there's a lot of players in that same, in the same thing. Like um, Damien McKenzie, he's, I think he's from Invercargill, mm. played his first club yep. rugby there. So he'll be, he'll be down south. So... I'm not sure how they decided on the the province. Maybe they had in mind player selection, but um, yeah, we'll see. I with you because I, I the first thing that came to mind with, for me was Origin. Now heaps of other codes have tried to do some sort of North versus South or some types of other thing like this and create a rivalry which can equal Origin, but they haven't been able to get that formula right. And why why I think Origin works is that people are really passionate about where they're really from. And that's why I don't like the current eligibility of of where you played your your first province that's basically you went there for work type of thing so i would have done where you played what school you played for mm. or what first of thing you played for and that's mm. how that would determine your eligibility i think that's really where you're from and that's where you'd really be passionate so i'm looking at the on paper like north versus south the talent wise is as good as anywhere you'll find in the middle in the world and that's where it can be the equal of origin in terms of the talent ability but are people passionate enough about because I would ideally, in a perfect world like this, to be the equal of origin. And I think they could have got that if they did it through a first 15. I think they could have been, got more passion. Mm. But like I agree with you, Cams, I think that the All Black selectors have their hands on this as well. And they want it to be a bit more even because they want to get a, a good view of all the players that are really in line for the All Blacks. And by evening out the talent, that that's probably a, a better way of doing it. So I think that's why they did it that way. But I would have... It was my call. I would have gone for the first 15 mm. eligibility way. Nice boys. Have you guys got anything else, else to add on that North versus South game before we move on to the, the weekend matches? No, no. No? Good. All right, boys. Um, well, um, we'll do a review of the games that just got played over the weekend. So the first game on Saturday night was the Blues um, at home against the Highlanders, and they won that game 27-24. So, Sally, I'll come to you first. Um, did you catch the game? And what were your what was your thoughts on the on the game, brother? Yeah, yep. So, I uh, uh, I I went to the game on Saturday. Um, good crowd. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, nice. But um, it was a good game. Um, I felt like um, they kind of they they were really strong. Started off strong, and then they kind of fell um fell off the wagon for like maybe from fifty to the seventieth minute. They kind of um, lost their direction, uh, went off their normal game plan, and kind of like it got a bit too loose. Um, the thing that I've liked about the Blues um, more so this year is that the fact that they've played a lot of good structured rugby. So all of that first half, you saw them plugging the corners, playing territory, playing, um, playing, being be smart with their position, forced the um, opponent to make unnecessary uh, mistakes, and then just capitalize on like any opportunity. So. Uh, the game was the. I was happy that they got the result. I mean, like as far as as you guys will know, we've always been on the other end of these close matches, like because I'm I was so sure that they kicked their corner, kicked the corner, more drive, and then that's us. Say like that's always been, you know, the the Blues mantra as of late is just to when the when things stack up against us, we we fold. But with the young talent and like we were talking about earlier, the culture that they're they're brewing and they're growing right now. And man, like it's it's good. It's great to see like the fact that they never gave up, um, even though with things were stacked up against them, they took it. They took that upon them as another challenge to overcome. So now I was happy with the result. I mean, I always take the W over the L any day, but probably too close for my liking. Eh? Mm. 
Yeah, yeah, good points there. I think you touched on the first half. Oh, they were they were so much better, and they were actually the Blues were winning twenty two to ten at halftime. Yeah. So for the Highlanders to come back, that speaks to that sort of second half. Um, I'm not sure if they got too loose or just changed the tactics or what happened, but yeah, I think that um, speaks highly of what you're saying. But uh, what about you, Dan? How did you see how did you see this game? Yeah, I see exactly that. Um, Salih sees it. Eh? It's, it was a good, good, um, good match, man. All, um, all in all, it was a good match. Uh, Blues were, were the favourites, obviously, to win. But man, the Highlanders did come to play, man. And um, we shouldn't have written them off. But um, well, don't write them off. Um, was it because uh, they were wearing the blue jersey? I don't know. controversy yeah yeah i don't know but uh, i tried to read in about that but yeah that was um that was another thing but um man that first half a uh the blues blues dominated up front man and with the fords and i think that they are one-off passes are are just working for the fords man because we were gaining a lot of yards man through that and um it came through and we got got a few um few points from that um and man and it, it seems to work um the, the the position we we had possession and territory in the first half we had sixty two percent possession and uh, fifty seven territory. Um, uh, we also had like um, individual brilliance from like the likes of uh, Caleb Clark. Man, um, I really felt for for that for that young boy, man. He because you see him in the beginning crying as crying, and no one knew what was up, and then um, just thought it was just for uh, the. Sergeant um, Hunt that, that passed away, but it was uh, his grandfather. And man, for him to perform like that, man, and dedicate that to his grandfather, that is massive. Eh? And uh, I just, he yeah. played an awesome game, man. And that was just individual brilliance, man. He was he was the man. Uh, one thing I noticed was, uh, and during the game, was that um, uh, the, the Bowden, Bowden Barrett and um, Ortede Black were just playing good territory football. With, with the high ball and even just plugging it down in the corners. And you could see that the Highlanders were uh, struggling um, with the outside backs, especially that um, Scott, um, what's his name, Gregory. And yeah, those, those young, just, yeah, I felt sorry for them, but, you know, these young these young guys, they, they had the um, the young guy, Gilbert, who, who was the other outside back. He come off and then another young guy comes in. And Barrett was just, just slotting it between these guys and they were just honestly lost and... And that was a weakness that uh, we saw when we, we we took the opportunity and we actually scored scored from these um these kicks, um, and in saying that, they the Highlanders are, are struggling in the fullback because that's a, that's the second or I think third fullback they've had, and I'm wondering if um they're gonna push push Milner Scudder to come come back and play this this weekend because they definitely need need some experience at the back there. Just to help them out, um, there were some crucial moments that where where the Highlanders um, dropped the ball in in the Blues half, and they'll they'll gain momentum in both both these um, um, both these um, opportunities, man. And they could have scored or even got penalties, but man, that, that it was just um, yeah, they couldn't capitalise, man, and they couldn't um, execute some of some of their runs. Um, but in saying that, um, second half, man, the, the Highlanders definitely came back, man. And I reckon it was uh, through their forwards. They uh, when they scored their first try in the second half, I think it was like three minutes in, in the in the second half, and it was through uh, Marino, Marino, Marino Michaeli too, and um, Pari Pari Parkinson. Their forwards just punching through through that line, through that defence, and then um, obviously opened up for um, Mitchell Hunt to score that try. And just from that, from that was the that was the that was the set play, man, from that whole second half. That forward play, man, they were just dominating. They were actually like, the, the tides turned, man, pretty much, what I saw. The, their forwards were, were, were running good good um, forward, forward play. Um, and I I think, I think um, Marino kind of outplayed uh, Satutu in some ways. But... Uh, and also, Akira kind of got outplayed by uh, Frizzell. Frizzell had a good game, man. He, uh, defensively, he was good. He scored that try. That was, that was a good try, man. And um, as much as they came back, man, I was, <laughs> I was getting angry. But um, <laughs> we got that. We, man, when they got that, um, Satutu got that ball in that mall. Yeah. Flip, man. 
It was just like, yeah. But Satuti had a good game. It was good overall. Man, it was good. And I reckon um, Marino, Marino Michele too, he's, he's one to watch out. And I, I, he's my bolter for, for the ABs. Mm. Um, him. He's, my, he's my bolter. So it'll, it'll probably be, um, you know, obviously Satuti will be in there somewhere. But, you know, the All Blacks need a, 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 number, a number six for, yeah. for the next World Cup. They've got to start bringing up and start teaching, you know, training a new six and, and an eight. And um, Michele, too, he's, he's played at six. So, you know, there's also um, Cullen Grace as well. But I think um, Michele, too, has got the goods. But, yeah, um, all in all, good game, man. 27 to 4, we'll take the win. Nice. Yeah, I, I can't add on much to what you guys hit. You guys um, hit the nail, but um, <clears throat> you know, it was a game of two halves. You know, the, the Blues had a real good first half, and and I, I expected that. I expected them to to win over the Highlanders, but when the second half came, you, you're right, Dan. Um, our our loose forwards were were shut down in the second half, but um, it was good that we showed um composure and our, our defense stood up for for most of the time. So I think at the end. We showed that we we can pull through those close games. So I, I was a ha- I was happy with the um with the boys in the weekend. Uh, how do you guys like James Parson? Also, 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 don't ever seek the glory like that again. Just mow the ball right over, <laughs> then dive. Man, never swear in the back of the put on your blue headgear. <laughs> man you know um that could have put the game away and then what ended up happening aaron smith grabs it passes it to the wing and then we're playing all the way down and out only two like man oh man his, his line out and he's playing better than what he's accustomed to man and it might be just the systems yeah. and 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 the the coaching that they have in play with tom Coventry. but man like like just when you're about to become like a you know, you're you're convinced now, nah, man. He Tom he passes, he, He's the guy. Then he just does stuff like this to remind you. It's like, oh, also, also, please. Yeah, and I'm sure, and I'm, and I'm sure he was trying to rip that ball off um, Papaliti when Papaliti scored. <laughs> eh? Oh, no, no. Man. oh. yeah. I feel so bad because like Ray knew he's a fan of the pod, and he he jumps on. He's jumped on yeah. before. And I was just so hoping that he could take over that that jersey, man. But you know, it wasn't meant to be. He's just had a pretty bad injury, so yeah, yeah. you know he's, he's going to come back strong. Yeah, next year, he's going to come back strong. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I think you guys touched on the main points. Uh, Danji talked about the Fords and the, the Highlanders. They really came came through. And Ash Dixon, I, th- I think he could be a potential bolter as mm. that third third choice hooker. Now I've been really mm. impressed with him at the Highlanders. And yeah, I felt bad for Scott Gregory, who we talked about before. But that whole back three, so they had Scott Gregory, that other guy who I've forgotten his name, who was on debut, and Jonah Nariki. So yeah, from right. the, those back three, they had um, only about 10, 10 caps. Yeah. And yeah, that's where Black and Barrett, they just killed that back three, in the first half in particular. And um, yeah, he they made Scott Gregory's night pretty horrible. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think he's probably a midfield anyway. That's what I've heard. I still remember playing uh, center for Northland. So he can play a bit of fullback, but I think he's probably oh, better into the midfield. But uh, yeah, like you say, Blues won. That's three from three. The top of the table. Um, you know, you can't ask for much more than that, particularly as Blues fans. We know how lean it's been in the last sort of, you know, 10 or 15 odd years. So yeah, we'll take that. We'll take three from three. Yeah. Um, if anything, man, like, you, you can never count out the Highlanders. I think it's just that mentality. Like, there's no superstars. They're all there for each other. They're all like a, a blue-collar team. So, like, you know, you can never count them out. But in saying that as well, man, Aaron Smithy, he can carry any squad, man. I swear that guy can hit. Like, his decision-making, if, you, if you're watching the game, there's always, like, three different runners, and he always hits the right guy, always puts them into the space. Uh, but at the same time, like he's got Mitch Hunt as the fourth option, and then that's how Mitch Hunt got through. Like you know, like he had two strong carries from the forwards, and all the Blues D line is expecting another forward carry, and he just skips and finds Mitch Hunt, and Mitch Hunt does the rest. But man, yeah, when you have a nine like that, I'm hoping Sam Knock turns into something like that, and 
Like you're, yeah. you're, there's positives there. Like probably Sam Nock probably didn't have his best game in a while, but like mm. nah, man, Aaron Smith is yeah, he's still the number one halfback to me. Yeah. That Finlay Christie man, when he comes on, I've noticed that fuck man, he picks up man, he's he he picks up the game, eh? Yeah. And um, I, I'm I'm glad that we got someone like him, and he, I think he's from the Hurricanes too, eh? Mm. Yeah. He's a, he's a yeah, spark yeah. of the bench, Because eh? he's from Tasman as yeah. well, eh? mm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, Tasman, that's right. That's the good thing about having a bit of squad depth there because I'm sure, if, you know, Finley Christie wants to start. So he comes on for the 20 odd minutes mm. he gets and he thinks, I'm going to really push Sam Knock. And then Sam Knock's thinking, Chucks, I've got to work hard to hold the spot. And yeah, then, yeah. you know, the depth in the squad, they push each other to be better. And we're seeing mm. a lot of that coming to fruition now. What happened uh, to um, Jonathan yeah. Ruru? Where's Jonathan Ruru? He's only hopefully he'll be. <laughs> I don't uh, know. I can't remember um, Finley Christie being in the being in the team like but before um, the lockdown. Yeah, so Finley Christie was injured no, he had during an injury. preseason. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think with the Blues, they were just rewarding the hardest trainer, and mm-hmm. I think Ruru, he's like, well, if you saw that that Broncos, he was like what two seconds yeah. behind Bowden, so yeah. he's he's super yeah. fit. Um, he does yep. cop a lot of slack. Like, he does a lot on the field, but like his main his main asset as a halfback is to pass it. That's probably not his yep. strongest um asset. Um, but yeah, nah, man. Um, I'm, I'm I'm happy with the halfbacks they got on. You're right, man. Like, you've got knock that sets a platform, and then you've got Finley, the Christie there to speed up the game, especially mm. around the t- tired forward pack. So, that's good, man. I didn't say that as a Ruru that's fan. A good <laughs> I wasn't saying that as a roof fan. <laughs> Just um, you said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nah. I was just saying. I was just, <laughs> I was just putting it out there. Just putting it out there. You know. Just like hey, your passion's fan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. sorry. Uh, yeah, but that's a good pickup on Rudy. He's he's one of the first guys at the club. So you mentioned how he he was in the top two or three in the Bronco, but at the start of the season they did a one tree hill one. Yeah. And he won it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Oh. at training, he's doing everything right. It's just when it comes to the game where yeah, he's playing, so yeah. you know, hopefully, he can. Yeah, it's that, it's that seven's that background, that's why he's super fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. he's probably he's actually probably too tall as well because you know, you need low gravity to the ball to get a good pass out, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a big, he's a big, big nine. He's quite but, big, um, yeah. Have you guys got anything, you guys got anything else to add on this game before we move on to our? Next game with Crusaders Chiefs? No, no, no. I'll take that silence as a no. Yeah. All right, well, boys, so I'll move on to this next game here. So on Sunday, the Crusaders played the Chiefs uh, down in Christchurch, and the Crusaders took it out 18-13. to 13. So, uh, Dan, I'll come to you first. Did you catch the game? Uh, yeah, I cut... Uh... Let me explain. <laughs> but I, I went to watch the game at the bar, and there was just a few friends oh, around, okay. so I didn't really, so I really didn't concentrate on the game. But from what I saw, it was uh, kind of wet, and everyone was dropping the ball, um, and that's all I remember. But um, <laughs> but in saying that, I'm just looking at the stats now, and it, it's, man, this is the stats. The stats in every game that the Chiefs had has always favoured them. And I, it just feels like that they're not taking these their opportunities. I don't know. I'm just reading by the stats. I, I didn't I didn't watch the game to be honest, but um, I'm just taking it by the stats. And like every game they've had, man, the, the stats favour them. So um, I guess they're they're not taking every opportunity, and they're probably um, lacking in defence. Um, their territory, man, it was massive. It was like sixty-two uh, percent. Oh, sorry, sixty-three percent in position, sixty-two percent. So obviously something's going on there. Maybe they attack. I don't know. Um, I noticed that Seturu Nanai was on, but I thought um, Alay Law was supposed to be on. I don't know what happened there. And I think um, I saw one try. It was a try that uh, Will, Will uh, oh, sorry. Um, Sylvia Reese caught the ball and um, Damien McKenzie missed it. Mm. And the, this the yep. experience where, whereas, um, where um, Seturu Nanai Seturu was, was up in that line. He should have been back back a bit, if you know what I mean, just to, to defend, cover defend, and he wasn't. And I mm. reckon someone like Alay Marlow would have would have been there. But other than that, man, sorry, uh, yeah, that's that's all I can say about that game. You mentioned that before about the Chiefs, did then? 
Was it? You mentioned that before about the Chiefs, huh? Last week, I said there's this. Sometimes there's a guy that's out of position, not in the right place. Oh, yeah. It was. It was. Um, I was talking about the Hurricanes. Oh, okay. But, yeah. but I noticed. I noticed. Yeah, but I noticed because Severus shouldn't have been that open. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. He shouldn't have like someone should have been covering. And when I watched the back, um, and the nice interior was up up on the line with um, Damian McKenzie. So obviously, when your fullback's coming forward, someone has to back up, eh? Yeah. Especially on the outside. But yeah. Nice. Sunny, what's and your look, take, brother? Yeah, um, I, I watched um, the game bits and uh, I watched some patches. I'll, I'm not really a fan of both teams, so I'm not going to waste my Sunday afternoon watching them. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, if if anything, man, you just like you can't you can't sleep on the Crusaders or switch off at any time. Like, um, yeah, they scored a try, but like um, they were they were clawing this. The Chiefs were clawing back into the game, but that one try from um, Sevi Roos where he just quick pass in to Will Jordan, and then like he he scored like stuff like that like it just um, flips the momentum around. And you, like against the Crusaders, you have to play eight like not eighty ninety minutes, like that's just how good they are. Like yeah, you're right. All the stats are favored towards the Chiefs, but the probably the one main thing is the clean breaks, the line breaks, five to two to the Crusaders. And that's that just shows like off any break like the Crusaders can capitalize easy. So, um, I mean, like, even at the end of the game, there was like opportunity for them to obviously score a try to win the game. But um, and the Crusaders like at home, they're just they're too good. Eh? Like their defense is good, um, and just oh, I'm not too sure. It's, they're just on a different fitness level. Eh? Like the way they they're they're tactical, like the or what's the word surgical, like. The way they clean out their rocks, their set piece, like every everything, it's like every wherever they are on the field, there's a there's a game plan of what they do. The players react, and like they just never put themselves under pressure. And um, going back towards the Blues, that's what I'm I'm worried about is that if they have a switch off like that against the Crusaders in the second half, I don't I don't I don't know how the Blues would would be able to cope if the Crusaders switch it back on there. Yeah, that, that was a disappointing game for me because, you know, every every time the Crusaders play, I always go for the team going against them. <laughs> so um, I was I was rooting for the Chiefs um, on the weekend, and you know I was I was wet down there, and, and the ball the ball was slippery. You know, I think that, that was a big factor in the game. Um, but yeah, just all, all all I was doing was thinking about the Blues matching up against the Crusaders because that would be the real test for our team. Yeah. So um, I'm looking forward to, to that game. Yeah, nice. Um, you talked about the conditions. So in there, we took when we just talked about the Blues recently. We talked about the um, Bowden Barrett and Otiti Black, particularly in the first half. Although to plug plug the corners and play that style of rugby, and I thought the Chiefs. That's two weeks in a row. They played two week games, and they sort of overplayed their hand where they tried to play this real attacking style, a real sort of dry weather rugby, and it hasn't worked for them. So I think they need to be a bit more tactically aware in what they're trying to do. And, you know, Sally, you made a good point about the Crusaders and how you have to play for 90 minutes. So if we look at the two tries, like you mentioned, that was just, like you said, Dan, Nanai Satura was just out of position a little bit, and then they punish you and score a try. That second try that Will Jordan scored, they threw a quick throw in, and there's a couple of guys who were sort of arguing in the background. They thought they got a bad call. And while they're arguing, Crusaders, they punish that, they're out of position, and then they get another try. So, you know, it's just two momentary lapses yeah. and they're getting fully punished for it. And that's the Crusaders style. So, yeah, I agree with you, Cams, as well. When we go down there, I'm oh, sorry for listeners, as a diehard Blues fan, when the Blues go down there, you got to basically, like you said, Sally, play yeah. for the full 90 and mm-hmm. be onto it every single minute of every game. Because if you're off for one minute, they'll kill you. And mm-hmm. uh, that's a credit to the Crusaders. Oh, I can't stand them, but you got to give them credit there. They're an outstanding team. And I think that was, I can't remember the number, but I think that was their 34th consecutive home win or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, so, uh, you know, they haven't lost there for a good couple of years now. Yeah. yeah. I've got to say, though, I've got a feel for um, um, Gatlin because that was a must win for the Chiefs. And, um, you know, that guy, he's yeah. disappointed. Had no wins yet. And, um, 
So who are they who are they got um next week? Little boy. The Hurricanes. No. Yeah, Blues so they got the two high. bottom teams. Oh, two, two, oh. two bottom teams are playing the hockey. <laughs> They're playing for the spoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. I know the. Fact, I know the fact checker over there wants to say something. <laughs> no I tried no to get Roger on. Roger's our resident Chiefs uh, fan, but he he wouldn't answer any of my texts when I told him to come yeah, on. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nah, man. Um, it was good to see Sam Kane out there, though. Yeah, yeah, mm. uh, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. <coughs> yeah. I suppose uh, anyone could ask anything. Any they want to add about this game? What about Samoa Kula, Dan? Do you want to talk about uh, your mate Peter Samoa Kula? <laughs> I know Roger talked him up at the start, and he's uh, uh he's been talking him up from the beginning, even pre 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 COVID, man. So you know, he's had some good he's had some good forward play, um, but. To me personally, I don't, he is good, but um, he doesn't have all the skills, if you know what I mean. Like uh, someone like uh, Satutu, yeah. uh, or, or even um, Mikael um, Marino. But yeah, he's yeah, Marino. He's he's a good player. Um, but um, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, Rogers just talking him up. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think last week then she talked about how they don't have um, Adron and. No, Retallick's mm. obviously not there, and and Allardyce and that. So they're not getting those other those strong carries from some of those other guys who were drawing two or three defenders, and then Sawakula mm. can operate on the back of that. So I feel like yeah, it's a bit harsh on him because he's they're probably asking him to do a bit more without mm. those guys there, and yeah. he's just not not getting through. True, but, yeah. Mm, he's a quality player. Yep. Yeah. yeah, boys, you guys had anything else to add on this game before we do our uh, our previews of the upcoming weekend games? No, all good. No, all good. Nope. Not good. Right, right, boys. We'll are you, we'll move on to our um, Saturday night. This Saturday night in Hamilton, the wooden spoon battle. <laughs> Chiefs are playing the Canes in Hamilton. So, uh, oh, sorry, that's a Sunday. That's a Sunday game. Oh, sorry, you're, you're right. That's a Sunday game. Yeah. Sorry, the first game on Saturday. Highlanders against the Crusaders. Battle of the South, eh? At uh, Forsyth Bar yeah. in in. Uh, down to need an area. So, Dense, I'll, I'll come to you, brother. What's, how are you seeing this one? Um, I've seen this one. Uh, this is going to be a, a classic Southland battle. The, this, these two derby um, teams always go at it, and um, they've had some really close games in the past. Um, and in saying that, I've, um, I'm hoping that they do start um, Milner Scudder in this one, or even like in, in, inject them in the second half, because they kind of they desperately need someone at the back there. Eh? It's it's not helping I them. Agree. They got the go forward and all that, and um, Mitch Hunt hasn't been doing too bad. And it'll be good to see Joshuana actually to um, steer the ship, because I reckon he'll be a big factor in this game. Um, I'm hoping he does start and and, and get a, a quality fullback. Um, but the you know as you said the Crusaders always got the they got the they got the goods man and they got Will Jordan who's going to be the you know probably the probably the next fullback for for the ABs. Um, but like Kim said, I'm going for the team that's <laughs> that's playing against the Crusaders. So I'm backing the Highlanders if they get their team right. Man, I just hope they get their team right. So. They're a good grinding team, as you as you saw last week against the Blues. Man, they almost took that one. Surprise, surprise me. But yeah, I'm going for the Hurricanes. Um, I'm going for the Hurricanes. Highlanders. Yeah, yeah. The Highlanders. Sorry, Highlanders. Yeah, the Highlanders. Nice, Sally. You got a, you got a, um, any thoughts on this upcoming game? And a, we'll get a prediction out of you as well, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like um. Like the um, Dan said, um, yeah, it's like all, all all these derbies are always hard, but I find like whoever's at home always has a like slight advantage. Um, being at Forsyth Bar, um, you'll probably have it packed out, hopefully, um, and then all the uni students will be out as well. Um, so that will be pretty good for the home crowd. Um, if anything, like they should draw, uh, they should draw a lot of. Um, Inspiration and motivation from that last game against the Blues, man. They had it. Um, they were pretty much out of the game, you know, or counted out of the game at halftime just to come back and and just lose, you know. Um, so, like, you're right. Like, I reckon Marino, 
I reckon if he has Marina and Frizzell have the same kind of game that they had, I reckon um the Crusaders will have a lot on their hand. Um Yeah, oh I find that the it's probably just within the backs you'll find the real battle there. Like the combination of, of of Monga um Monga to his back three. it's it's crazy, man. Like they're all on the same page. Whether it's like the swiper, the swiper's kicks, the flat kicks, or if it's deep or the chase, like man, everyone's all on board, and just the rotation they have of who chases, who drops back. Going back to what you were saying before about being in the right position, like they, for them, for the Highlanders to win, they have to dominate up forward, and they probably have to probably dominate like in terms of how much ball they have in position, and just don't, they can't afford to make any mistakes. Um, my prediction will probably be Crusaders. Probably, yeah, will be thirteen and under. I reckon. Um, they, I don't see this as a game that will blow out. Um, but if 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 anyone, if the Highlanders do win, it's because of their their back three. That's what I'm putting it down to. Oh, the back three, as in the 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 six, seven, and eight, not the backs back three. Oh uh, yeah. Yep. I'm gonna go for um Highlanders to win this game. I think that um Highlanders had a good uh, are gonna be happy to be at home yeah. in this derby. I think I think you guys are right, it will be a close match. But I think um Highlanders already had practice playing an elite team last week, so you know they'll be good <laughs> it'll be good for them too. <laughs> they they used to play an elite team, so they're gonna play another elite team, so and and they nearly beat the Blues, so you know th- there's a chance for them to take care of all their little mistakes they made off the Blues and um and play harder against the the Crusaders because they they will bring it. Everyone brings their best game when they play the Crusaders. So I'm I'm picking the Highlanders to win um, under thir- under thirteen. Oh, nice boys. Uh, we've got a good mix here, so it'll be interesting to see how the game unfolds. But I think that sort of speaks to. The Southern derbies as well, like they're always quite close affairs, even though on paper the Crusaders have always been far superior to the Highlanders. But yeah, they, they, they match, those um, sort of thinking goes out the window with the, these uh, Southern derbies. Um, I was impressed with the Highlanders, like you have all mentioned. They put up a really good fight against the Blues. They got a good win against the Chiefs, so they're not far. They're right in that conversation as being one of the the better teams in this in this competition. But the clinical nature of the Crusaders is still hard for me to get past. Um, that back three that they had for the Highlanders, the inexperience, they've got to make some changes there like you talked about, Dan's, because the Crusaders kicking game will kill that back three and they'll they'll lose it, those outside backs that they got there. So um, hopefully, like you said, if they can get Milner Scudder back, even give Josh Mackay another game at fullback or something, they need to they need to find a, a fullback and a bit more experience just to deal with the Crusaders' excellent kicking game. But I think that's going to be the difference. So I'm going for the Crusaders, unfortunately. By seven. Crusaders by seven in a close game. Nice. So, um, yep. All right, boys. We'll look at the um, Sunday match. They've got the Chiefs versus the Canes. Um, yeah, three losses for the Chiefs, two losses for the Canes. So one team's going <laughs> to hopefully get their first win. But judging by these guys, they could go 90 minutes and they still won't get any points. <laughs> but um, we'll get a, a prediction. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was for you, eyes closed. <laughs> but I'll come to you, Sally. What's your, what's your take on the game? What's your take on the game, brother? And give me a, a prediction as well, bro. Yeah, I reckon. Well um, yeah, if, if, if the Chiefs are, or Warren Garland and his squad is gonna uh, stand up and probably get their first win, it would probably be this game. I know both squads will be pretty desperate, but in saying that, um, Sam Kane probably. Oh, but then Adi's back as well. Damn. Um, yeah, I reckon Sam Kane will probably be able to lead his full pack um, through this game a lot more effectively. I know he was um, had he was a bit rusty over the weekend, and I'm still not sold of him as an eight. I want him to be back in his natural position at seven, um, depending on who they start with. This, but um, Peter Gus, hopefully at eight, and hopefully he turns up. But yeah, I reckon the Chiefs should edge them out. I think Cruden needs to probably put his hand up a bit more in his games. I think most of the wins that they got earlier on in Super Rugby was because like against the Blues he came on and he flipped the flipped the game, flipped the momentum and then every win after that he was him his chemistry with, with his back line as well as with um, McKenzie was pretty much what drove them over the line. So they probably need to get Cruden a bit more involved. 
whether that means taking on the line or just playing territory and just being smart with those options. But um, if the if the Chiefs were to win it, like um, probably the the weaknesses on both teams is their tight five. Um, Chiefs, you know, historically have always had a good type uh, type five. But you're right, they've got no um, Brody Vitalik, um, who's like pretty much an extra flanker on the field. And then you've got the Hurricanes, and you've got like a lot of makeshift makeshift players or tweeners, not quite big enough to be Lucy's, but not tall enough to be Locks. So I think the average height on the, in the Locks is like one point nine, which is pretty short, f- like for Super Rugby. So. Like, um, yeah, the battle will be within the tie five. Whoever dominates, uh, the tie five will pretty much win. I'm going to go with Chiefs on this one. Um, yeah, with, yeah, 13 and under again. Go Caps. I, w- I was pretty early with my prediction of um, Chiefs winning their first game. I agree with um, Sally on this one. I think they're going to win against the um, Hurricanes. Um, only because they're due for a win and they're going to be at home and... On paper, you have to say that that the Chiefs have, have to have the one. Vince? Yeah, I'm going for the Chiefs, just uh, based on what Sally was saying. I'm going I'm going exactly what Sally was saying um, with the forwards. Um, I think I think the Chiefs forwards will, will dominate the, the the Hurricanes forwards, and and also what he said about Aaron Cruden. It's he hasn't been playing his best, and I think this will be this will be the game where he's gonna come out um and also like the hur- hopefully the hurricanes have su- sussed out it's funny that you said that um the their their average height was 1.9 and and the hurricanes are, are struggling in their in their lineouts so that could be a factor maybe but um yeah i i'm i'm going for the chiefs probably uh yeah t- 12 and under oh nice you know, uh, you talked about Artie versus Sam Kane. I think that will be worth, you know, watching the game just for that alone. Mm. And the line-out issues have been a problem, and it's good to get those thoughts just to probably help explaining why. But we've just learned that Carlos Spencer, he's been cut from the Hurricanes, and maybe they might put in a little bit of extra effort for him. Um, I think the Chiefs, they've got to make some changes, there eh? because if they've – something's not quite clicking in three losses – I think this season's over, and I think that would have sucked the wind out of themselves. So I'm actually going for an upset. Oh, I think the Canes are going to win, and I'll get the Canes by five. Right one. <laughs> have you guys got any uh, uh, any extra thoughts on this game before we um, just move into our final thoughts and close up? Yeah, I thought that was pretty convenient. That um, that uh, reason for um, Carlos Spencer losing his um, his coaching position down there. Hmm. You know, the Hurricanes haven't been doing too well, and um, they let Carlos Spencer go. And what was the what was the headline? Because um, of COVID nineteen reasons. Yeah, financial reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I if, if I was a coach and I had Gordon Bishop at first five, I'd probably lose my job as well. <laughs> 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 That's a good point. That's a good point. But if you've been listening to the pod, I've been <laughs> bagging, uh, yeah. bagging Gordon Bishop for yeah, a bit. Yeah, the chubbiest first five in the whole comp, man. Yeah, you got all these other first fives that uh, bloody rip, and then you got. But man, like, I don't know what, like, uh, I th- what I, uh, I hope that's not the case. But I feel like the Hurricanes are going through a blues phase where all their best players are going elsewhere. Um, yeah, most of the, like Marino, he's from Wellington. They let him go because they signed Reed Princip, and Reed Princip, I don't rate him at all. Eh? No, I don't rate him at all yeah. either. Yeah. So they, they let wow. go of Marino that early, like, and he's only twenty one. So if they're gonna pick up a guy as like, yeah, Marino is a big unit as well. And imagine having him and Fifita, like you know, and Adi. Look at that back three, man. You know, yeah. and like, yep, that's good. Yeah. So like, I, I hope that's not the case with the uh, with Wellington, but like, I, I've seen some of their players have already started to some of their like younger talent that probably didn't get get signed to, to long-term contracts are starting to all, like, you know, be picked up from different catchments, so. But, yeah, no, you know, um, us Blues fans will welcome welcome Carlos back home and, you know, you can run the yep. waters for us, you know. <laughs> it's meant in. to be, it's meant to be. He's yeah, supposed man. to be with us yeah, anyway, so he can come back to catch up yeah. yet. Yeah, bro. It has, yeah, he has to come in for us to win, so glad <laughs> he accepted him back home. <laughs> 
Nice, boys. Um, right, so that's it. We're just about coming to the end of our podcast now, boys. So we'll just go around the table and just have some final thoughts before um, before we wrap up. So, uh, Dan, I'll come to you first, brother. Have you got any just last words you want to say before we close up? Oh, yeah. Hey, I just forgot to mention um, one player that I did see who had a really mean game and he just come back from injury for the Blues was uh, Alex Hodgman. Mm. He was... Um, Here's a game. Here's a name I, I forgot to mention, but man, he had the meanest game me eh, um, for forward uh, for prop as well. You know, he got uh, his high tackle rate and just been around the uh, around the paddock and after being, um, you know, after injury in that. But yeah, I reckon he'll he'll be a up and coming um, star for 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 the front row for the Blues. But um, yeah, um, hopefully hopefully the weather plays well. And another thing we didn't mention was. Um, how uh, the the refs didn't blow the whistle as much as they mm. did in the past game, so that was a good factor in, in both games. Um, um, that that was good, and it was good to see in the, in the Blues game. It was obvious that the the game was was flowing a bit more fre- frequently um, in both games, actually. But only because I saw the Blues game, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, only because I was. Uh, pretty sober but but you know uh, there was something we we didn't mention was that was a because that was one thing i wanted last week was like uh, hopefully that the um that the refs um be a bit more consistent and you know let the game flow a little bit more and you can obviously see that they are and plus plus the teams are adapting to the rules i've noticed that some of them don't commit as much to the ruck and which you know they don't infr- get infringed by um by penalty so that's that's another thing i hope they keep that up the refs keep it up and um yeah, get a plus. Nice. So what about you, Sally? Got some final thoughts? Stun rugby in general and stuff? In general, yeah. Um, with, hopefully with the Blues on a bye, um, you, you see some of the players maybe be released to their clubs. It would be good to see some of them play some club club um, mm. footy. Um, I saw on the Instagram, I saw, was it Manono, Alex Fidel and... Um, Adi or turn up for Ari's team down in Wellington, so that was pretty mean for them to go down and 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 I think that's probably hopefully with this whole COVID happening and with um Super Rugby Aotearoa that we can rebuild rugby to what it was back in probably the eighties nineties early two thousands where there was a lot of crowd engagement, a lot of fanfare, um, and that all starts from you know. Um, club level, you know, getting all our superstars back at the club, um, giving back to the communities. Um, we get stronger at the club level and hopefully we can build that all the way up to the All Blacks and, you know, build, start building again for the next World Cup. But, um, yeah, hopefully the Blues players to, um, turn out for their clubs, they'll be pretty good. Um, be good to um, be good to watch um, this week's game. I mean, like the Crusaders and the Highlanders will be the game to watch. By saying that you can't sleep on the Chiefs and the Hurricanes because if you have both of their teams firing, man, it'll probably be a high-scoring game. So um, now it'll be interesting to, to see the the weekend of footy, and probably just um, being my first time here, I just like to thank you guys for having me on. Um, like I've always been passionate about sports, especially footy, but at the same time, like um, getting into something like this in terms of um, engaging with the the brothers as well as like sharing ideas and perspectives. Um, around around sports, you know, if if anything, this is something that we'll probably um, we've all grown up and it's all helped us to come together as um, brown brothers, but as well as community is through sport, especially rugby, especially league. So um, yeah, keep this uh, keep this going. It's man, it's awesome project, awesome um, what you guys have going on here. And yeah, again, just say thank you for having me on board. Awesome, Moose. Thanks, Moose. Yeah, good work, it, brother. Yeah, I just want to Dan, take some, you got some final thoughts, bro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to plug in. Um, well, since Dan talked about Alex Hodgman, I just want to plug um, an episode on on the the Zealous State of Mind, the podcast. If you go go to episode three, yeah, uh, Yash does an interview with Alex Hodgman. So if if you guys want to have a, a listen to that, yeah, sounds good, man. Yep, nice. nice. Right, boys, um, we've reached into the show. I think you guys said all all the good final words, probably better than I could. So. Um, Maybe to leave it with that, but I'll just finish with a few housekeeping things. So we have our website up and running. So check us out at www.wizwiznet.com. And also you can find the Counteract on social media. So we're on Facebook and on Twitter. So give us a like and a follow. And lastly, yeah, just to our panel. Thanks, boys, for coming on and sharing your rugby knowledge. Dan, 
Cams, thanks for coming on. And Sally, you did well, bro. That was awesome for your first time, man. We'll have to have you on again for sure. Nah, and even you eyes on the fact checker, brother. Thanks, brother. <laughs> and um, yeah, we'll do it all again next week. So thanks to our listeners. Thanks for listening. And yeah, we'll be running our podcast every week. So keep following us. Thanks, boys. See. Go to Blues. Go to Blues. Shout out, shout out no, to Adam Thompson. Blues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I was you got to keep reminding me, bro. Yeah, Adam Thompson. We have to get him on, eh? Get him on, man. I want to know what's happening with the Chiefs. Because I don't think um, I and um, Roger have any answers. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you that.